Hey everyone, it's Pastor Eddie from River of Life. Just want to say thank you for joining us on our podcast. Now let's get ready to hear a word from the Lord today. What does God want to speak to our hearts today? So come on, open your Bibles, open your hearts, and let's get into the Word. Hallelujah. You ready for the Word today? Are you ready for the Word today? Hallelujah. Won't you stand to your feet, open your Bibles with me, go over to Luke chapter five. We uh, really haven't been in a series. Well, we were in a series called Breaking Cycles. Uh, we kind of um, moved away from that. Although God is still breaking cycles, I want to thank God and give shout outs and for all the testimonies that people have been letting us know. Uh, we one Sunday prayed for folks, anointed them with oil and prayed for uh, breaking negative mindsets. And man, it was a powerful service. It's on our YouTube channel. You can go back and rewatch that service, but there were great testimonies that come from that. I don't really have a lot of time to bring these out. I try to on Wednesdays on our midweek. Uh, but there was uh, sometimes when I think of it, I'll bring him out. There was a specific woman that watched online on that service and felt the presence of the Lord come over that computer and she was watching and the power of God hit her. She was just trembling and crying. And she said that the, uh, that the Lord just broke a something in her mind that she's been dealing with for years and she's been set free by the power of God on that service. Amen. Giving praise if you can. I know you're holding your Bibles, but uh, God is good. Uh, so there's a lot of great things that he is doing. So I don't know where uh, this is not a series, although I say that and it turns into a series. We're going to see what the Lord does in Luke chapter 5. kind of want to talk to our church today, River of Life, and, and uh, kind of um, see what, kind of talk about the presence of the Lord, talk about revival today and uh, what that is and what we, we need revival. And uh, so bear with me today as I talk about it. Kind of a pastoral message. I feel a little pastoral today with my outfit. I feel a little overdressed. Amen. I meant to throw my Adidas on, but I didn't have time. Amen. So anyway, God is good. No matter what you wear, he's still in control. Amen. So uh, Luke chapter 5 today. This is a very interesting story we're going to read as it ties in with revival. Chapter 5, verse 17. I read out of the New King James, and it says... Now it happened on a certain day as he, that's Jesus, was teaching. Everybody say teaching. That there were some Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Now if you have uh, a new King James or uh, King James Bible uh, it will have an italicized letter, word, or a little sign symbol there because that can be translated, the Spirit of the Lord was present there to heal. So we got something going on here. Jesus was teaching. The Spirit of God was there to heal. Jesus was teaching, but the Spirit of God was there to heal. Everybody catch that? Then it says in verse 18, Then behold, men brought on a bed a man who was paralyzed whom they sought to bring in and lay before Jesus Jesus was a healer so they brought this man in so Jesus could touch him and heal this man so thank God for friends like that and when they could not find a way to get to Jesus because of the crowd it was a house and it was just packed full of people Jesus was at the center teaching and they couldn't get in because of the crowd the crowd always will keep you from Christ 
The crowd will always keep you from revival. The crowd will keep you from going after God. The crowd represents what people will say, what people will think. I want to lift my hands in church, but what will people say? I want to read my Bible. I want to take my Bible and read it here. I want to start living. I want to make a stand for righteousness. But the crowd, what is the crowd going to say? The crowd is always going to try to keep you and I from what God has for us. Then if the crowd was in the way, and I thank God for these people, they went up around the housetop. you got to find a way around the crowd. And they went on top of the house and lowered down the bed through the tiling into the midst of Jesus. They literally peeled the roof back. When we were in Israel a couple of years ago, we saw the houses, and they're still built like that over in the Middle East. With the, root, with the tiles on the roof. And what these guys did is they peeled it back and ripped a hole in it and dropped it and lowered this man down, right? To get Jesus' attention. And the scribes, and then what happened, it says, verse 20, and when Jesus saw their faith, saw their faith, faith is something you can see. Preaching already. Faith is something you can see. Don't tell me you got faith. Jesus wants to see your faith. People can say, you got faith. Oh, I'm a faith. My faith is personal. Well, you need to get public with your faith, brother. Because there's nothing personal about Jesus hanging on a cross in front of everybody. And if Jesus can get public, we can go public with our faith. I'm preaching already, Amber, and there's no slides up behind me. Faith, you can see faith. Faith can be seen. Jesus saw their faith. And he said to them, man, your sins are forgiven you. Interesting. The scribes and the Pharisees, and remember they come early, they get an early seat just to find fault in Jesus. They begin to reason, saying, who is this guy who thinks he is? Who's he speaking blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Jesus, knowing their thoughts. That's a scary verse. Jesus, knowing their thoughts. He answered and he said to them, why are you thinking that way? Why are you thinking that way? Didn't we get some cycles broken in your mind? Why are you thinking that way? Which is easier for, for me to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, rise up and walk? What's, what's easier for you to believe that I can do is forgive this man's sins or take him by the hand and raise him up who's been uh, paralytic, who's been crippled all of his life. He's paralyzed. What's easier for you to believe? Let me ask you that. What's easier for you to believe? That Jesus can forgive somebody or Jesus can do a, a creative miracle like that? interesting but that you may know that the son of man has power on earth to forgive sins he said to the man who was paralyzed i say to you arise take up your bed and go to your house immediately immediately he rose up before them he took up what he had been laying on and he departed and went to his house glorifying god and they were all amazed and they glorified God, but they were filled with fear. And they said, we have seen some strange things today. Jesus was teaching, but the spirit of the Lord was there to heal. I want to talk to you today. When revival comes, church goes. When revival comes, church goes. Lord, I thank you for this story and your word today, the message that you want us to hear here at River of Life and whoever else may be watching or here today, God, they, they would hear this word and, and know how to apply it to their own life, Father. Because you desire 
fellowship more than anything. And I thank you for your presence here today in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You may be seated in the house of God today. When revival comes, church goes. There's a difference between um, church and revival. How many know what I'm talking about? Now, if you're new to the church and you're new to the faith and everything, and you may be confused on what I just said and not understand what I mean when I say church uh, goes. Uh, Church, if you look up a church service in the dictionary, it's described the same exact way as a funeral service. People gathering together, quiet, silent, and reverence, and and it's just, uh, it's it's dead. (laughs) Church, that's church. Church is when we gather, uh, and church can be a good thing, and it is a good thing to gather, to get up and dress and take your kids and go to a place, and that's a house of God, and and, um, you hear some singing, and you hopefully participate in some singing. This is church. You come, and you hear some songs, and... and, uh, you, you know, you may hear a, a message, and some churches today are designed to, to be real time sensitive, and, and some churches can get you out in an hour, you know, and, and you come and you hear a couple of songs, and preacher always preach with three points in a poem, and there's, there's nothing wrong with that. I preach with a lot of points, and we sing, and we sing a lot of songs here, and, and it's all of that, but church, in, in, in the way that I mean it today, in a negative sense, is more like that funeral service. It's when it's, it's, it's quiet, it's stiff, it's dead, it's, uh, it's, there's not a lot of life there. Uh, people just come really to just kind of scratch the religious itch. You know, I've done something good by doing my part and coming out, you know, so God bless me the rest of the week. And it's just a religious thing, a religious practice that we do. It's not all bad. I, I, I know some churches are set up to be like seeker-sensitive churches and and uh, I'm, I'm not really against it if souls are getting saved. I, I come to realize that not everybody serves God the way I do. Not everybody worships the way I do. And you don't have to worship the way I do. You don't have to worship the way Melinda worships. This isn't Simon Says. Uh, but we are all called to worship. Let me say that. We are all called to worship. And if you know God and if you have a relationship with God, watch this, you will worship. You will worship whatever you're focused on. You will worship whatever you're passionate about. And um, so worship should be a part of our, our relationship with God. When I used to get high on drugs and party back in my old life, nobody used to beg me to do that. I would automatically do that. My flesh was running the show. It didn't take much for me to get stirred up and to follow that. And it's just the way our flesh wants to do. Our flesh wants to do whatever it wants to do. But when we begin to walk in the spirit, there are different things and changes that takes place in our life. And we move from a church kind of gathering to a revival. And what a revival is, is when the presence of the Lord shows up. When the presence of the Lord, the glory of the Lord, I've been studying this glory. The glory is different than the anointing. Glory, we sung a song earlier that talked about the weight of your glory breaks the chains. The word glory means kebab, it means heavy. There's different words in the Hebrew um, tradition, such as Shekinah. Shekinah is not in your Bible, but Shekinah is a word to describe the glory of the Lord. When the glory of the Lord shows up in a church or a gathering, like it did in Solomon's temple in the Old Testament, it's a physical cloud. It's a head. This is what the children of Israel followed out of Egypt. And I may be preaching that here real soon. There's power in the glory. It's different than the anointing. It's, it's different. 
Well, revival is when the glory shows. It's when the presence of God comes in and a, a church that's in revival and has when people uh, look forward to getting to church and they get to the house of God, no matter how, what kind of week they had, no matter how they may feel when they walk in the doors, it may take a couple of songs, but the presence of God is there. Some can sense the presence of God when you drive onto the parking lot. And when you come out of that, we hear it even now all the time at this church and people pull out of the parking lot. They feel the presence of God. I pray that every person on Sumter Road that drives in front of these flags would feel the presence and the glory and the power of God every time. And they would say, what's going on in that building? I don't know what that is, but I need to get into that place. I need to find out what God is doing in there. And my prayer is that when they walk into this building and they see what's going on, they see a bunch of people. It's okay, this is, what is this, a church? But they would begin to sense something different, a peace, a calmness, a, a drawing. And then throughout the service, a drawing to to want to open their heart and their life to God even watching on live stream I pray the same thing happens that however you watch us today whether you're with someone that's watching this has happened and you're really not watching you're on your phone playing the game but you can hear this preacher preaching to you I pray that the presence of God will go into that room and will go wherever you are and tug on your heart and let you know that there's a God in heaven that has a plan and a purpose for your life that's the presence of the lord that does that that's the spirit of the lord revival when a church is experiencing revival there's souls being saved there's people growing in their faith over here at the church there's no growth there's no one being saved it's tight it's scary it's quiet everyone's afraid to move it's like oh my gosh no one participates no one does not it's dead you ever been in a dead church That's religion. I don't want any of it. I'm not a religious person. Don't get that on me. This church will not be religious. No matter what it's going to take. And and I'll tell you how the revival comes. But a revival church is where the presence of the Lord is. And where people just linger and and hang out. And they love to just be with one another. The Spirit of God is talking to people during worship. During preaching. You have the gifts of the Spirit moving. The Holy Spirit is speaking to you. There's passion in the worship. There's just an excitement in the air. That's revival. Can't wait to get there. Miracles are happening. Souls are being saved. It's different. It's church, but it's not church. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. It's different. You remember the uh, old cars. My buddy's dad had an old Chevy truck. And I remember it was next, they had an empty lot next to the house and the truck was in that empty grass lot. And he let us, we wanted to drive it in the little grass. We was probably 10 and 11. And I remember my, my friend Kevin his dad and them was, uh, he said, sure, you guys can drive it. And he handed us the keys and him and the uncles were all laughing. We were like, what's so funny? We go to get in this old Chevy truck. And uh, he got to start it because he was family. But starting it was so awesome. Remember the first time you got to start a car? You're like 10 years old. Like, Whoa, right. When you got your license, you're always asking mom, you need anything from the store? You know, now it's like, will you go to the store? No, order it. <laughs> We were so excited. We were just kids. We wanted to drive, get behind that wheel. And I remember Kevin started it up. Man, we're like, ooh, do it again. You know, boom, that Chevy engine hit, you know, sparked up and fired up. And then all of a sudden he put it in gear, but this truck had no power steering. And I remember he could not even turn it. And we were both, I'm like, what's wrong? You broke it. You don't know how to do it. Where are you? Look back. And his dad's laughing and all the uncles are cracking up. Just, we could not even steer that thing because it didn't have power steering. You remember no power steering. You could tell if you had a power, no power steering, you had the biggest forearms in your family. 
And uh, we could not even drive that thing. That's how it is when you serve God without the presence of the Lord with you. That's church without revival. Everything is hard. It's hard to serve God. It's hard to, you know, it's like, oh, I just don't want to sin this week. Or, oh, I got to read my Bible. Or, Kavar's got us praying. I got to get up and pray. And, and it's just, it's work and it's work and it's work. And there is a work element involved in crucifying the flesh. And when you first begin to walk with the Lord, there is some work there. But the whole thing about following Christ is not to be work. It's supposed to be fruit. Not work, but fruit. An apple tree doesn't work real hard to produce apples. You just get it in the right atmosphere. You get enough sun and enough water, and it's going to just bear fruit. It's not work. It's fruit. Revival comes and you're living in a season of revival and the Holy Spirit is living in your heart. It's easy to live for the Lord. First John wrote about it in his epistle and said, keeping the commandments of the Lord are not burdensome. How is that? That's revival. That's revival. When revival comes, I believe our church, River of Life, is somewhere in between those two. If I could pastor and tell you where I believe we are, we, we have seen the uh, outpouring. We have seen the presence of the Lord show up. Last Sunday was one. I uh, hear a little bit. I can sense uh, right around that second or third song. I don't know about you, but I can sense the presence of the Lord there. Everyone's different, but uh, it, it's different. We've experienced that many times, haven't even preached. Just, just let the Spirit of the Lord just move and have his way. And uh, that's, that's revival. I love what Vance uh, Habner said. He said, Sunday morning Christianity is the biggest hindrance to revival. Vance Habner was the guy before there was a Billy Graham. This was a full gospel pinnacle. He was a beloved revivalist. He was, he was a guy that went into all circles. He would go when there were segregation laws, Jim Crow laws back in the day. He was known for the guy that broke those racial barriers. He would go to the uh, black churches, the, all the different churches and preach revival. God would pour out his spirit. He wrote a book called um, Holy Desperation beautiful book talking about being desperate for the presence of the Lord. And he says what kills revival is when we get too satisfied with just the church part of it. It will kill a revival. It will kill. Bring it into your own life. It will kill. You and I can grieve the Holy Spirit from what he's wanting to do in your life. We can grieve the Holy Spirit from what he's wanting to do right now in this service. I could do it by being a pastor and a leader. And many pastors, many churches, they grieve the very spirit of the Lord. There's a scripture in Ephesians that says, don't grieve the spirit of the Lord or don't quench the spirit of the Lord. One of my favorite shows is Forged in Fire. You ever see that show? Steve and I both love it. If you go to Frankenmuth, they actually have a little forge there. You can pay some money and you can forge your own little knife or, or spear or piece of metal or stake, whatever uh, uh, metal thing you can. But if you ever watch that show, they get metal and they heat it up real hot. So it, why, why do they do that? So it's flexible. Then they get a, a hammer and they just, they just beat the mess out of it. <laughs> and they just bang it and they beat it and they form it. Because when the heat, when the metal heats up, you can form it. It's flexible. And then they do that until they get the right shape. When they get it just the way they want, whatever they're building and making, then they walk over and they put it in a, they quench it. Everybody say quench. They put it in cold water. And that cold water stops the process of it heating up and being flexible. It's no longer flexible. Now you got to proceed and make whatever it is going to make. You can't, if you keep trying to reheat it, you'll do damage to it. Can I tell you the Holy Spirit is that heat. 
Revival is that heat. If you feel like you're in a season of heat and the Holy Spirit is getting you uncomfortable, what is happening is he's trying to get you flexible. He's trying to get you in the heat of revival. I believe he's trying to get our country and our nation and the church. If we will turn off the politics and listen to the Holy Spirit, we can see that he's trying to mold us and to make us into a weapon and something that we can lead this country out of the division, out of the perplexity, out of the fear, out of the anxiety. People's losing their ever-loving mind. Violence is everywhere. Division is everywhere. And he's trying to get a church heated up so he can form us and fashion us. But we quench every time. It's too hot, Pastor Eddie. It's too hot. I don't want to get that radical. And we quench the spirit of God. Churches have pastors and boards and committees, sometimes influential families that cause the pastor to just be all bound up. He can't even move or you don't have the church has no, no spirit in it. You have to have an entire congregational meeting to buy a stamp. What are they buying that for? I mean, you got, or you got, you got families in the church. I thank God we don't have that problem here. Amen. We have an awesome board. It's right in our bylaws. The board comes along and assists the pastor for the vision of the church. Right in our bylaws. I love it. And they're great spirit-filled men and women of God who are not into competing, but they're saying, Pastor, what does God want to do in our church? How can we help? What are we doing? But churches can quench the spirit of God. Always, you know, being sensitive of the time and stuff like that. And understand, revival is not having a long service. That don't mean you're in revival. A revival is not having a service every single night of the week. You can have a dead revival. A revival is not singing a couple of songs, uh, this kind of songs, or, or doing this kind of thing. Revivals always happen differently. They happened differently. Read the book of Acts. They were different kind of revivals. One revival was healing. Peter's shadow would touch people and they would be healed. How, would like, how many would like that? It's an amazing. Acts 19, there were people in the witchcraft and, and worshiping Satan. And so a revival broke out in Acts 19. And they began to burn the books of witchcraft and, and dark magic and the dark arts. And demon spirits were being cast out of people. And Paul would take pieces of cloth and pray over them and send them home. And people would take those pieces of cloth and put them on sick people and they would be healed. It never happened again. It was just that one and only time. Revivals happen differently when they break up. And sometimes we want God to do the revival just like he did in Acts 2. Acts 2 was a completely different revival. They all spoke with the Holy Spirit. They were in the upper room, but they went into the city. They were downtown, and they spilled out into the city, and thousands were added to the faith. Different. It was different than Acts 19. It was different than uh, Acts 6. They, they were different. And sometimes we get too hung up on our man-made traditions, church. And as your pastor, I'm saying, we need to let some of that stuff go. God wants to do some new things. There's a new wine that needs to come. There's a new river that needs to flow. There's a new flow of a spirit that's not going to be crazy. And I, I love what, what uh, Catherine Kuhlman and Pastor John Kilpatrick, I've been watching his videos and, and just getting that stirred back in, in me. And I remember what he said when revival broke out. He said he had people that tried to distract and pull the whole revival on themselves and, and try to do things. And he would say, if you're going to shout in my church, please have a reason to shout. If not, I'm going to ask you. But he would say, people would try to do things to pull attention to themselves. And he would say, pastor, when revival's getting ready to break out, you'll have the craziest distractions begin to happen at the craziest time. That's because the enemy's trying to get everybody's mind off of what is important. And that is lifting up the name of Jesus. But he said, the river of revival always flows within the banks of Bible doctrine. 
The Old Testament, remember, they had a staff, a, a bronze serpent. Pastor Steve brought this out a couple of weeks ago in his message. And God said, whoever looks at that staff, and it had a serpent on it. Remember, God told Moses to build that. In fact, if you ever see an ambulance right now to this day, you'll see that symbol on the back of the windows. That is from the book of Exodus. It's from the book of Exodus. It's exactly what Moses was told to make. And at the time, whoever looked up at that, at that moment of that plague, was instantly healed. But it was a one-time thing. But later in history, when Joshua came into the town to purge the land of idols, there were Christians worshiping that bronze uh, pole and staff. They even named it. And sometimes we get into, you know, revival has to be like this. And we start building our doctrines and, and building all these. Next thing you know, we're over here. And, and, and it's the crazy. And Joshua said, get that thing. I mean, God used it, but we're not told you. If you have to have anything other than Jesus, there's an idol that is being formed. Oh, I can't pray for you. I got to get my secret anointing oil that I paid $29.99 and it was taken out of the tomb of Israel. You've been ripped off, brother. I, I want to pray for you, but I can't break that spirit because I don't have my tambourine. I got an anointed. It was anointed by Billy Graham. Or Billy, we got a problem. We don't need the whole, you don't need to help the Holy Spirit. I remember I was with this church and revival was breaking out, man. And I used to go to, we used to go to these revival services and there's nothing wrong with that, being hungry for revival. But man, you see some weird stuff, dude. And uh, it was like, man, and it's like, who can be the weirdest? You know, let me go. And by, by the while, you're going like this, and you forget, and you're not doing nothing but watching the show. How many's ever been there? I feel so sorry because that church is on the, you know, they, they want freedom, and I love that. You've got to have them. I'll get there in a minute. But they just, they, they get off into the flesh, and the flesh loves to be a, have the attention. And I remember this one sister said, let the drummer just hit that bass. And I'm a drummer, so my ears were like, she says, the drums is what we need to break the spirit of, it was, some kind of something she was breaking. And okay, if you're going to flow in the prophetic, you know, okay. And I was like, okay. But then she was like, no, it's got to be three times. And she made the drummer do this. And next thing you know, we're watching her and his drummer do this. And I'm like, what is happening? And, uh, you know, that's how we can get sometimes. The next thing I want you to see here is that Jesus was teaching, but the Spirit of God was there to heal. Watch this. Jesus stopped teaching, and he began to flow with the Holy Spirit. It's like we did Sunday. And some of you may be not used to that. Oh, I can't have church unless he preaches three points in a poem. Unless Pastor Steve preaches that song, or unless I get my coffee that's just the right way, or whatever. Like that. And those are all good, and those are all fine, and we're going to have drums. And Davey was beating them today, and you're going to hit that bass drum. And I thank God for that. We're going to worship with instruments. I had one guy come to my church when we were on Savage Row, and he said, I love the church, but why do you have an electric guitar up there? And he'd come at Bill. He'd stay off of Bill. Bill's an anointed man of God. And I said, well, we ha it reminded me of that old Carmen video. <laughs> Dear Lord, them Pentecostals got an electric guitar and they're going to plug it in. <laughs> oh, Lord, that's demonic. I don't know why I had a southern accent just now, but. <laughs> and the guy said, uh, I can't come and worship with an electric guitar. Show me in the Bible where there is an electric guitar. And my mind is thinking, wait a minute, we got electric drums too. What's with the guitar with this guy? He sent an email. You know what I said? May the Lord bless you in your journey. God bless you. 
You weren't fit for the minute. You just ain't going to fit here. You know what I'm saying? We're going to worship God on anything and everything we can that brings glory to his name. But I'm saying we can get hung up. Here's my point. Drums or music may not be your thing, but you've got to learn. Here's the point. You've got to learn to flow with what the Holy Spirit does. And this is one of the hardest things for pastors to do. One of the hardest things for churches to do is, is to put my message and my plan, and we have a planogram. Pastor Steve is the administrative guru around here. And he, he's got a planogram every Sunday. This is what we're going to sing. But I love Pastor Steve sometimes will say, hey, let's go this way. Stay here. Let's do this. And be led and, be, and flow with the Holy Spirit. This also was the very first lesson that Jesus taught his disciples. Because in the previous chapter, he just picked his disciples. So this is the first lesson that they learned. What? To flow with the Holy Spirit. So he, it's okay to have a plan. I am plan-driven, but I'm spirit-led. Have a plan. You need to have a plan. Young people, old people, you need to have a plan. You need to have them goals. You need to have whatever you're going to do. You need to have an outline, plan a service, plan this. But we need to learn to be flexible and be led by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit might say, take a different t- uh, place to work. Take a different route to work this morning. Some of us are like, oh my gosh. How many are routine people? Like you can set the clock to your life. Amen. This is, amen. I'm praying for you because I'm, I'm like one of them too. It's comfortable, right? It's like, my wife's the one's always wanting to change stuff. I'm like, stop. But then after she makes the changes, isn't it always better? <laughs> I don't tell her that. Well, I guess I just did. But anyway, Jesus began to flow with the Holy Spirit. He began to say, this is what the Holy Spirit is doing. We can quench the Holy Spirit. But there needs to be a, a spirit of, of freedom. What does the scripture say? Where the spirit of the Lord is. Come on, there's freedom. You should be free. We need to be free in the house of God. It should be free being able to worship and lift our hands and lift our voice and cry out to God and, and, and love and sing for Jesus. I watched the Michigan, Michigan game yesterday, and they showed this guy from Indiana who Michigan was playing, and he come out, and he had these yellow and black overalls, and he was the next WWE or F or whatever the wrestling thing is now, wrestler, big dude, and they were all outside, and they had music going. This guy come out. He was jumping. I almost got the video and had Amber play it. And I was going to show you and this a group of people being like this, and then that dude coming out saying, this is church. <laughs> this is revival. <laughs> but he began to jump up and down, and they were all like, yeah, yeah. And then the, the camera panned over, and this one dude had his shirt off, and he's on top of the shoulders of another guy. And he's going, ah, and they're pouring something all over him, and he's just going, ah. And everyone's like, oh, that's so awesome. Thousands of people. And I get it. I love sports. I'm going to cheer for the Lions today. Then I'm going to get mad when they lose and kick the garbage can. And try to teach my grandson that they're going to win one day. They are. But here's the point. If we could get that excited. Come on. Y'all know where I'm going with this. Over football or whatever it is that you're passionately excited about. We need to get that more excited about what Jesus has done for us. Right? What he's done for. That's why we shout. That's why we clap our hands. That's why we lift our hands. That's why we get excited for Jesus. And we get excited for what he has done. Hallelujah. I love what Pastor Steve is exhorting us today. And that, when you said that, by the way, did you feel the whole shift take place in worship? I felt it. After he began to do that, I felt us go into another gear. We need that. I love the worship team. But I tell them, and Steve knows this, every Sunday, if they do, if they help us break through, it makes it easier when I get up. And it's not so walking through water, but it's free. The Spirit of the Lord needs to be here where there's freedom. 
Hallelujah. So don't quench the spirit of God in your life. And I'll talk about that maybe another time. But I want to talk, talk real quick about what brings the revival in. This man was carried by four people. Four people. He was carried by a couple. You could say four. Every pastor has a good three or four points. So we're going to say four. And they brought this man in. And before I break these down, let me tell you what the purpose of revival. Before This was the main thing of me talking all that time. The main purpose of revival, it doesn't matter what songs you sing. It don't matter if you use a tambourine or a shofar. The churches are so good. I've been through all of it. I don't care. Use all of it. I'll, I'll use it. But that doesn't mean you got revivals. When the Brownsville revival happened and churches were copying and trying to do the same songs, I get it. that's fine, but that don't mean you got revival. Revival, here it is, it's a heart thing. The word revival means to live again. That's what revival means, to live again, to be revived, to, be re, to have your passion rekindled, refired for the Lord. That's revival. There's revitalations of churches that are happening, workshops where you can go, pastors are going and learning how to revitalize their church from a church to a revival. And you may have a faith in Christ and that's good, but God wants you to have a revival in your heart. A revi- you, can, you can live in revival as a person. When you talk with the Lord throughout the week and not just on Sundays, and you all know this, you come here, as we talk about this all the time, it's living in that season and living in that kind of lifestyle of revival. But the very first thing that Jesus did in this revival was what? Forgive the man's sins. This is the purpose of revival is when souls are saved. Even though the spirit of the Lord was there to heal, what did Jesus heal first? He healed the man's heart. Because you can go to heaven and be sick. You can go to heaven and have an illness and a disease in your body. But if you know Jesus in your heart, you're going to go to heaven. That's the most important thing is your heart with God. You can have a lot of money in the bank right now, able to buy your kids anything that they want. You can have a good job, a good wife, a good family. And that's good if you have all those things. But if your heart is not healthy, if your heart is not right with God, Jesus said then, cause us a fool. He says, you're a fool when you die tonight. Who's gonna get those things and where are you going to go? The most important thing in our life is our heart is our life. And that's why Jesus, he said, I'm going to flow with the Holy Spirit. And everyone read that the presence of God was there to heal. We automatically thought anoint with oil or heal the physical body. But Jesus didn't think that way. Revival will always do something different than you think. There's always a different element with revival. And we hate that about revival. We want it to be just like this so we can describe every part of it. And God says, no, There are certain things that God sees things differently than we do. And he healed him, but he healed the man's heart. He healed the man's heart. And then he healed his body. So if this man was carried by someone, as I thought about this, what brings revival? What brings a church into revival? Like it brought this man into revival with Jesus. What brings you as an individual into a, from a stale religion to a passionate fire of revival in your heart? What does? That's a good question. And if there were four of them, I'd broke them down. The first one would have to be hunger. It would have to start with hunger. It would have to start with desire. This is where prayer comes from. There's no revival without prayer, but there's no prayer unless there's a desire. 
You have to sometimes force yourself into it and pray, and that's fine, and you do it because your flesh is not. Your spirit is willing, but your flesh is weak. But as you begin to go, that desire will kick in, and you will begin to learn to have that desire for prayer. I believe hunger was the one that was leading the way. He was the one that said, guys, we got a friend here that is sick, and he can't walk. We got a friend that needs to be healed. There's a healer in Galilee and we need to take him to him. I have a, I have a desire. I want him to get healed. I'm tired of him just watching everything that we do and him just seeing what we're doing. I want him to experience what we're experiencing. I want him to have, that guy was desire. That guy was hungry. That guy was like, man, let's take our friend to Jesus. That's one of the hardest things as a pastor, isn't it? Is to get somebody hungry for God. It's the hardest thing as a parent, isn't it? To get your kids to want to do the right thing. You can tell them to clean their room, but it wouldn't be nice if you walked in one day and the room was already clean. Wouldn't it be awesome that you walk by those dishes and they're already done? And it wasn't even their week to do it. Come on, somebody. That's revival in the house. God is saying, wouldn't it be nice that before Pastor Steve even hits that keyboard, our people come in from pre-service prayer and they come into this place and they, they say, I'm ready to worship. I'm ready to lift my voice. I'm ready to sing. I'm going to start Monday morning and I'm going to read my word. That's hunger. Hunger is the first guy that will lead you into revival. James said it this way, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Who makes the first move? We do. Draw near to God. Who do we do? We draw near, and then he will draw near to us. you got to draw near to God, and then he'll draw near to us. That hunger, that desire. My mom and dad tried everything to get me on fire for God, and I would, man, they tried it, and I just wouldn't catch. It just wasn't interested. Church was not interesting to me. I just went because I had to go. Around 13, my heart began to just sway from the things of the Lord. By 15 and 16, I was not with God. Mom and dad did everything they could to try to get me. My dad let me play drums. I know he was like, maybe if I got him involved, right? That's what we say. Let's get him involved and, and he'll get in. But I'm sitting there playing drums and had a pack of cigarettes hidden in my pants the whole time and couldn't wait to get off the drums. Dad had no idea. Went out back, smoked, had met some friends. And my mind, I, that's where I was. Couldn't wait to get out of church. And by 17 years old, we fought all the time. I ran away from home. I was living on the street at 17. They tried everything. They got Rosie Hunter. They got all these guys, these big time preachers would come and preach at the revival and they would come out. One guy came out one time and I was standing out front of behind the church with all my knucklehead friends and he didn't know that I was my dad's son. He just saw us and, and uh, it was Roosevelt Hunter. He's an awesome guy. Man, a guy, he looked just like Deion Sanders. Had the Jerry Curl and everything. And this dude was one of the most sought after preachers in the day. He's now with the Lord. But he was, Rosie was awesome, powerful man of God. And I remember he came back there and he didn't even know who I was. There was just five or six of us hanging out behind the church. And we saw him coming and everybody stoning their cigarettes and, hey, you know, what's going on? And uh, he looked to the crowd and he looked at me and he goes, man, I don't know who you are, but I want you to know God's got a call for you on your life. And if he could get you, if you would turn your life to Jesus, do you know you can turn all of these other friends? He said right in front of all of them. You can turn all of them right to you and you guys can. God has a plan for all of your life. And they're all looking at, well, who is this dude? And inside of me, I felt that hunger begin to stir up, begin there. And he goes, man, you need to come in and hear me preach because I got a word for you, brother. As soon as he went in, my other friend was like, you ain't going in there, are you? It was like, little devil right here. And the little devil here. And guess who I listened to? No, I ain't going in there because of the crowd will keep you from revival. So what happened? I lived 12 years of my life a living hell 
started out having fun at first. Yeah, I was, I, was, I was in control. I wasn't worse than that guy. The enemy will always put somebody worse than you. Always put somebody worse than you in you. Led me down a life. But in November, you guys know my story. I got right with God. It started with hunger. And I said, God, I need you. God, I need you. And I turned my life to the Lord. And he began to do a work in my life. And Peter wrote in his Bible, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word. My little grandson, he has to eat every two hours, driving Miranda crazy. He, no one has to teach him to be hungry. He came out that way. And when you and I will really get serious about God, watch this. No one will teach you to get hungry. Some of y'all's stomach is growling right now. I'm trying to hurry up. I know the clock and I got three more to go. Some of y'all's panicking right now. The heart, the stomach automatically will be hungry. I'm telling you, if you want to see revival happening, let your spirit automatically get that. Don't start, don't stop the hunger. Let the hunger begin to go. Let the hunger begin to go. Feed that hunger. Feed it. Begin to read the word of God. Begin in the word of God. Watch the word of God begin to just increase in your life. Is anybody hungry for the presence of the Lord here today? Do I have the right church today? Am I preaching at the right place today? Do I have the right message for our church today? God is wanting us to be hungry. He's wanting us to be hungry for him. Second one is humility. I don't got time to bring all of these out. These all can be messages all on their self. You need to be humble. This is, this is where the Bible tells us to re, uh, humble ourselves. The scripture in 1 Peter. Look how serious this is. God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. It don't matter if we got a tambourine, if we're singing the right song, if we got a King James 1611 version Bible, if we got pride in our heart, if we're too proud to worship, too proud to do what he's calling us to be, like I was too proud to go into that church and to hear Deion Sanders preach a word of God, I sat in the back and God resisted what I was doing in my life. It resists the problem. We'll never see revival with pride. I gotta move on holiness. Everybody say holiness. Here he goes. Holiness. Now these all start with H because that's what good preachers do. But you can put the word repentance because it's really repentance. Repentance. There's no revival. No revival without repentance. No revival. You got a church gathering, you got some people excited, but you got no transformation and really something being changed without repentance. Repentance is, is what is illustrated in this story when his friends got up on the roof and ripped the tiles off. The tiles and the roof was built and designed to keep something out. Repentance is when we rip the things that are designed to keep God out of our heart. The things that we closed off to God. Repentance says, God, I'm not going to close off to you no more. I'm going to rip that up. I'm going to repent. I'm going to turn to you. I'm going to live the way you said to live. I'm going to carry myself the way I'm to carry myself. Myself. I'm going to hang around people that's going to help encourage your holiness. Even though if it may sacrifice my happiness for your holiness, it's going to be worth it because I want revival. Because I'm hungry for revival. Oh, I know everybody, uh, you know, on social media wants to send these pictures and, and do all of these things and, you know, send these nudes and things, sending these pictures out. Listen, young people, if they're asking you to send the nudes, they are not the dude. You know, everybody's doing it and they're sending these pictures and they're getting involved with this and, and they're saying this and I can still have God and, and you're living God and you're in there and compromise and it's all over. I can only imagine being 14 and 15 today. Y'all remember being 14 and 15 
and we didn't have these things. Now I imagine what's going on today, what's going on with our kids. And it's like a thing now. It's like, you know, it's not a big deal. It is a big deal. God's holiness says, man, that is to be reserved for your husband or your wife. So if they're asking, let me just say this, if they're asking for you to do that stuff, man, then they're not the one. You need God's holiness, even though it may mean over your happiness. Man, I got so much time. Pursue peace with all people and holiness, without which no man will see the Lord. Pursue peace. Why does he say pursue holiness? Why does he say pursue it? Because we're already made holy. We are. We're already made holy by the blood of Jesus Christ. That's positional holiness. But then there's a behavioral holiness that we're called to pursue. When Aaron and Taylor got married yesterday, they were legally married. Positionally, they were married that moment. But now how many know they had to now live a life and walk that out? (laughs) Or Taylor's going to knock him out if he don't live that. It's the same way with Christianity. You are made holy by the blood of Jesus, but we're called to pursue holiness. Lord, is this something that I need to post? Is this something I need to share? Do I need to do this? Do I need to say that? Do I need to act like that? Is this something that I need to, to let go? Man, I got, I'm gonna have to revisit this again. And the last one was honor. Honor. And I think this is something we're losing in society more than anything, man, is honor, honoring the presence of the Lord, honoring what God wants to do and honoring one another. It's no longer we disagree. It's like, I hate you if you disagree. It's, it's, like, it's like we're not honoring. We're not honoring our seniors. We're not honoring our, our elders and we're not honoring our younger people. It's like if you're not in that certain age, it depends on whether you are younger people or not getting along with the old. And it's just a, a, a trick of the enemy to get us divided. Listen to what the Bible says in Romans. Love one another deeply as brothers and sisters. Take the lead in honoring one another. And these are just some of the things I really believe if we practice as a church, we're going to begin to see even more of the revival begin to happen. And I'm going to come back to this because I left a lot out. And I want us to be able to take our time and go through each one of those. Because and, and, I want revival. How many want revival? If you want church, I'm going to say this as nicely as I can. This may not be the place for you. I love you and, and there's great churches around And we're not the only church in revival. We're not the only church that's a healthy church either. We're not the only kids on the block. God's doing a lot of great things. There's things happening. You know, one of the fastest growing churches right now is in Iraq. You know, the second largest growing churches is in Ukraine. There's a revival breaking out in Ukraine. You don't hear it on the news. It's all about, you know, Russia and this guy. But people are turning to God over there. Miracles are happening. We're seeing God do great things even in our country in the midst of revival. I mean, who would have ever thought Roe versus Wade would be overturned? I mean, so, so we, and now we know that doesn't end abortion. That just pushes it back to the states, and we got some voting to do this year. But I'm telling you, who would have ever saw that coming, that a stand would be made for the unborn to protect the unborn? I'm telling you, there is, yeah, give God some praise for that. You, you, you agree with that. It's not all bad. And so the enemy wants us to think of how messed up we are. That's why the, Jesus said, go into that upper room and wait until my presence comes. Turn off the news. Get up in the upper room and hear what I have for you. And they did. And then revival came. Hunger. How many's hungry for revival? 
How many is hungry for revival? I pray this, is, this may be the beginning of getting us more hungry for revival. I think we've got a healthy church. I love what God's doing here. We do great things. We'll pray for one another. We'll throw the dodgeball at one another. We'll, we'll, we play we, sports. We pray together. It's a great, it's a healthy church. I thank God for it. I'm not complaining. But as a parent, I'm saying God has more. God has more. There's more for River of Life. There's another whole level that God can break, that we can get into. And as your pastor, I want to lead us that way. I'm going to begin preaching some messages that way. We're going to begin to study that. We're going to begin to move forward to that. We're going to begin to let God have his way in our life. Amen? Won't you stand with me today? This is how I wanted to end our service today. I wanted to end with us praying for revival. If you need personal prayer, you can get it at the end of the service. We'll have you come up. But I, I just want to, wanted us to go out today praying for revival to pray for revival today. Let's begin that right now. In this service, this morning, as a church, if you're here and you don't know Jesus Christ and you're needing to say yes to Jesus, I prayed with a man this week. He's been coming a couple of times and God is working in his family and he's ready to turn his life over to Christ and I saw that he's watching this morning and I told him to pray that prayer on his own. I didn't lead him into that prayer. When you're ready, everybody say hunger. I said, you pray that prayer, and I pray that you pray that prayer, and I know you're watching today. This is what I'm talking about, is a revival in your life, inviting Jesus Christ into your life. If you're here today and you need Jesus, you need Jesus to revive you. He starts off by saying, God, forgive me of my sins. Hunger and humble myself. I'll repent of my sins, oh God, and I honor you today. I honor you today, Lord. Have your way into my life. Tear those walls down. Quit quenching the spirit of the Lord. Let the spirit of God begin to stir those flames up. Rest of you that's been in revival, you've experienced revival. Come on, the Lord is saying, I want to do it, but I'm going to do a new thing. This is what he's been telling me. Eddie, it's not going to be like Brownsville. I love Brownsville. It's not going to be like Brownsville. It's not going to be like, like the ramp and Karen Wheaton. It's not going to be like Damien Thompson. I loved all of them. They were great. I was there. It's not going to be like Acts 2. It may not be like Acts 19. It's going to be a new thing. And Lord, I'm open. God for you to do whatever it is that you're going to do. How many are hungry for the Lord today and would agree with that today? Come on, let's just begin to pray. Let's just begin to pray. God say, just begin to ask him for revival. Lord, bring revival into my life. Bring revival into my family. Bring revival right now in this Sunday morning service. Those of you at home, just reach your hand to the, to the TV, to the camera and ask for revival. Say, God, bring revival into my life if you want it. If you want revival, if you want the awakening, you want to live again. You want to feel the presence and the power of the Lord in your life. Oh, I want the teaching. Well, the Holy Spirit showed up and he's going to do something different. The Holy Spirit wants to do something different. Jesus said, that's okay, guys. We're going to teach later. We're going to heal right now. We're going to heal right now. The Holy Spirit wants to heal right now. I just release the presence of the Lord. Lord, as the pastor of this church, God, I just step out of the way. Let your river flow. Let your presence flow to your people today. Let a hunger begin to well up on the inside. God, like never before for some, others it's like tapping into the old well that used to flow. Come on, pray. Begin to ask Him. Begin to seek Him right now, Lord. Just begin to pray to Him. Lord, have your way right now. Lord, have your way. I want revival. I want to be awakened right now. Forgive me of my sin. 
forgive me of my sin. That's it, that's it. I lay it down, Lord. Peel back that tile, God. Peel back that roof this morning. Hallelujah. I'm going to lower myself right into your presence this morning. On this first Sunday in October, Lord, let your spirit be poured out into this place. Thank you for the miracles. Thank you for the healing you've already done. Thank you for the salvations, the growth, this building, the reputation in our community. Thank you that we're the first church they call. Thank you for what you're doing in Van Buren Township. Thank you for what you're doing, God. But we want more, Lord. We want more souls. We want more miracles. Come on, church. We want more of your presence in this place. If you can use them, then use them. But we just let this service be a service where we just want to usher into the presence of the Lord today. We get out of the way, Lord. We get out of the way, Lord. Oh, I, I just feel that presence of the Lord right now. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I know right now we'd be praying for people, but this ain't about that right now. It's not about that right now. Steve had no idea, but he said it perfectly in worship. He'll heal, he'll deliver, but right now let him heal that heart. Right now let him let him break through that heart. Come on, let him break through that heart today. And lower yourself into the presence of the Lord right now. Because there's healing there. There's restoration there. There's every need that you need met right there. Come on, let's rip that roof off right now at this church in Jesus' name. And get into your presence, oh Lord. Well, amen and amen. I pray that message was a blessing to you, that you receive some sort of encouragement or word of instruction from the Lord. That's our prayer at River of Life, that every time you tune in, that God speaks directly to your heart. Well, this is Pastor Eddie again. Just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast and remind you that every Tuesday, a new message is uploaded. Also, if you want to watch one of our services, head over to our YouTube channel. It's River of Life Church, a church of his presence his promises and all people and you can watch one of our services that way as well so god bless you i pray god's presence be with you uh, for the rest of the week amen